We've been spending the last several weeks talking about faith in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, about how faith is the assurance of the things we hope for. Hope being that feeling of expectation and that desire for certain things to happen. And basically because we hope for things to get better. We hope for things to improve over our current reality. In a book published in 2012 entitled The Optimism Bias, the author, after much research, suggests that the human brain is wired for hope. The author states that through the evolutionary process, our brains have developed an innate ability to be hopeful. Even the most pessimistic individual actually had a brain that showed signs of optimism and hope during the research. Now, our brains being wired for hope is not an accident. It's not a product of evolution. It's a result of God's design for us. Our creator has implanted in us a desire to hope for better. But as followers of Christ, we need to ask ourselves, what and where are we placing our hope? And what are we hoping for? We're going to start our text tonight the 11th chapter of Hebrews, starting in verse 13. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, for those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. <coughs> Verse 13 says they died in faith. Now, we know they lived in faith because Abel lived a faith life in worship. Enoch walked and fellowshiped with God in a life of faith. Noah obeyed in his life by faith. Abraham lived his life by faith and waited by faith. Sarah lived by faith. She bore a son by faith. They had a taste of the promise. It was satisfying, and so much so that they were able to turn away from the cravings of the world so that they also died in faith. Dying in faith means they never gave up. Their faith in God's fulfillment of the promise never left them, <coughs> even to the point of their death. Even in their last breath, they anticipated the fulfillment of God's promise. They never saw the fulfillment of the promise in this life, and yet they persevered. They continued in their faith. Verse 13 also says that they saw and they welcomed the promise from afar. Think of it as a sailor who's been at sea for years, and he catches a glimpse of land through the periscope. There's an anticipation of heading home. It may seem far away, but the sailor knows it's there. He knows it's ahead of him, and eventually that's where he's going to land. It gives him a hope and a strength to keep going. 
The writer of Hebrews is saying that those who live by faith continue on because they see the promise up ahead. They've caught a glimpse of this promise through Jesus Christ, and they know it's ahead of them, and they keep going forward. One of the things that's so amazing about the faith of these characters in chapter 11 is that they didn't even have the fulfillment of the prophecy of a Savior yet. They had the promise of the Word of God to base their faith on. But in this book, we have both the promises of God and the stories of them being fulfilled. We don't just have the prophecy of Jesus coming. We have the fulfillment of that prophecy. How much stronger and bigger should our faith be? Having a written record of all that our Father has done. And that's what the Hebrews writer is reminding us all. So that when the trials come, when there's persecution and there's mocking, and when God even seems silent, the believers are reminded to hang on by faith. They had a confidence in God's character. They trusted him despite the suffering despite the hardship, despite the troubles that they had in the world. As followers of Christ, as people of faith, this is our confidence. This is our hope. It means that no matter how bad things get, eventually they'll get better. The second part of verse 13 says that they confessed that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. Their faith and their confidence were strengthened in knowing that this wasn't their home. Their time on earth was just temporary. They recognized that they were merely strangers just passing through. But not only did the believers know that they were strangers in this land, but others knew it as well. Living in Florida, we tend to get quite a few tourists passing through. Usually you can look at them and tell who are the tourists and who are the residents traveling from other countries and traveling to other countries it's the same way you can tell people are strangers to the land because they're different they're going to reflect the culture and the attributes of their homeland that's how it should be for us we should be reflecting the characteristics of our homeland is heaven. People should see that we're just tourists and strangers in this world because it's not our home. Philippians 3.20 says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. 1 Peter 2.11, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. 1 Peter 1.1 This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners. As we detach ourselves from the temptations of the world, as we detach ourselves from its desires and cravings, we have the opportunity to be witnesses of a life lived with hope for the future, a hope of better things to come. That's why we share during Open Church. That's what it's all about. It's about sharing how the world around us is seeing that we're different 
that we're passing through because this isn't our home. The people around us should be seeing a life that's lived knowing that something better is always on the horizon. As foreigners in this world, we have the opportunity to be that salt and light, to show them a hope that's out of this world. Verse 14 in our 11th chapter. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. One of the things we saw with Abraham's life in our message last week was that he left a comfortable life. He left a world that he knew for the unseen, unknown promises of God. Just as we, as followers of Christ, are called to leave the desires and things of this world for the hope of better things to come. If Abraham had kept his eyes focused on where he came from, he could have easily returned there. Just like us, keeping our eyes and our focus on the things of this world, we're going to be looking for better things to happen and looking for hope in all the wrong places. Listen to the way Jesus describes it to those who wish to follow him. Luke 9, uh, verse 62. But Jesus said to this man, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We can't be used by God if we keep looking to worldly possessions and activities that used to make us happy. We can't look ahead with hope if we keep looking at the life we left behind. We must have faith and hope in the country to come. Author Peggy Noonan describes what happens to us when we fail to have hope in a world beyond this one. This is how she describes it. I think we have lost the old knowledge that happiness is overrated, that in a way life is overrated. We have lost somehow a sense of mystery about us, about our purpose, our meaning, and our role. Our ancestors believed in two worlds, and understood this to be the solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short one. We're the first generations of man that actually expect to find happiness here on earth, and our search for it has caused such unhappiness. The reason, if you do not believe in another higher world, if you believe only in the flat material world around you, if you believe that this is your only chance at happiness, if that is what you believe, then you're not disappointed when the world does not give you a good measure of its riches. You are despairing. You're hopeless. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. The people in our hall of faith knew that the next world was the real world. They kept their eyes looking forward to the next world. They understood that this temporary home could not and would never bring them ultimate happiness. As we seek a country of our own, a better country, as verse 14 describes, we're going to feel out of place here. We're going to feel like strangers. But the temptation to go back to our old ways will always be there 
Unless we keep Jesus the subject, unless we keep our eyes looking forward to heaven for the ultimate fulfillment of both our faith and our hope. We live differently because in death we have a different hope. For the believer, death is not the same as it is for the unbeliever. For those of us who have accepted Jesus as our Savior, death means going home, our real home, our eternal home, to the place where we can finally say, this is where I belong. That's where Abraham had put his hope. Hebrews 11, verse 10, back in Abraham's story. It said that he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. He knew there was more beyond this world. He couldn't settle for anything less. He desired what God had for him, and he had a hope of something more. The city which has foundations, whose builder is God, is heaven. That's our homeland. The world would like us to believe that heaven is a boring place, a fairy tale make-believe place where we sit around on clouds playing harps. <coughs> but heaven is where God is. So heaven is all that God is. It's a place of goodness. It's a place of peace and love and indescribable joy. That certainly sounds better than what we have here. But we also have to be careful that we don't use heaven as an escape for the difficulties of this world. This hope of heaven means facing the realities of life. Heaven is a part of the reality of the life of the believer. It's the hope of what God has for us tomorrow that enables us to get through today. That's why we keep going. That's why the people listed in chapter 11 kept going. We know that this is our Father's world. He created with a grand purpose in mind. And when you believe that you are loved by the creator of the universe, life has meaning. When you understand that God is still in control and that he's preparing a beautiful place for you, Life has purpose, has meaning, and has direction. Keeping our eyes on heaven gives us strength for today. It gives us strength for living in this world, no matter what we might endure. The Women's Bible Study Group this past week went to a movie together. They went to see a movie called Me Before You. And it's a story of a young man who had everything going, you know, life was all his for the taking. And then he's in a tragic accident, and he's confined to a wheelchair. And so the family hires a young woman to take care of him, because everyone else quits because of his negative attitude. And this whole story is him not being able to let go of what was behind, what he left, what he lost. He can't see what's ahead of him. He can't see the life that's ahead of him, all the good that's surrounding him, the family, the blessing, because he's still so tied to the past. He can't get past it. 
That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. The longer you hold on to what you've had, the longer you have what you lost back there, you're not going to be able to look forward and see the blessings that God has for you. Church, you've got to let it go and look ahead for the blessings that God has. Our text tonight ends with a beautiful statement. Verse 16 says, Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Sometimes we're ashamed of each other. More often, we're ashamed of ourselves. We find it hard to forgive ourselves when we lose our temper, when we break promises, when we neglect our prayer life, when we doubt God's faithfulness. But church, listen to Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's the grace of God. It's the gift of salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is our only hope of heaven. Luke 12.8 says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who acknowledges me public here on earth the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. God is not ashamed to be the God of imperfect people, those who put their trust in him. But there's no plan B. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So why do we keep believing? Why do we endure the hardships of this world? Because there's no God like our God and no Savior like Jesus. He doesn't judge us by what we are, but looks at us for what we will be someday. He has destined us for heaven. No matter how many mistakes we make along the way, his grace is more than sufficient to cover them all. God is not ashamed to be our God today or tomorrow or forever. <clears throat> Our God is faithful. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 32. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten, and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail and when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Do you know that there are better things waiting for you? Because to truly live by faith, you have to have that I'm not going to turn back now decision so that you keep following Jesus even when the world collapses around you. With our eyes looking towards heaven and our faith firmly grounded on the faithfulness of our God, we can endure and never give up. In life's darkest hours, you'll never give up. You'll keep going forward. When Satan whispers in your ear, you can't do it. You can't make it. You'll never give up. You'll keep looking ahead with hope. When the doctor says the dreaded words, you have cancer, you won't give up. Because you know that God is still on the throne and he has a plan and a purpose for all things. So you keep moving forward and looking forward with hope. 
with our spiritual eyes? Can you see Jesus waiting for you with his arms outstretched, just waiting to welcome you home? With your spiritual eyes, can you picture the dinner table where the saints come together for the marriage supper of the Lamb? I don't think we can even imagine what is waiting for us when our eyes close to this world and open to the next. I'm going to finish out the 10th chapter of Hebrews, starting in verse 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you'll continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. God is faithful. He's preparing us for a better place. And he's preparing for us a better place. A place where sin no longer exists. A place without sickness, without evil, without death. It's a place of peace and rest and inexpressible joy. But we must not give up. We must continue by faith, looking with hope to God's great faithfulness. Because he will provide a better place beyond the one that we can see. Church, if you don't know where your home is, if you don't know that you know that that's where you're headed, please do not leave here tonight without talking to somebody. We're going to close the service a little different tonight. It's going to be a prayerful silence time. Don't leave this place with your burdens. This is the sanctuary. Come forward. Talk to someone. Let us pray for you. Do not leave here with the burdens that you walked in with. If you want to pray by yourself, come up on this side. If you want someone to pray with you, please come on this side. I'm going to ask our worship band to come forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for Jesus who is there preparing a better place. Father, we thank you. I ask that you you be with every individual in this room, Father. Please don't let them leave with the burdens they walked in with. Please open their heart to share. Ask for prayer so that they can leave confident in you, confident in your promises, Father. In your son's precious name, amen.